the 24th chapter. I'm going to do some teaching this morning, so I want you to follow me closely if you will. Because after all, this is a teaching ministry that God's anointed revelation of the word. And, and this is what it takes for us to enter into the kingdom of God. It's a pressing thing. We have to press into this thing. We're going to try to get a little more insight on this this morning. And get there for you to say your name to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, I definitely want everybody to see and understand what God is saying through my revelations of this text. In the book of Leviticus, the 24th chapter, it reads as thus, verses 1, I'll be reading verses 1 through 9. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure oil, olive, beaten for the light, to call the lamps to burn again. Without the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation shall Aaron order it from evening until the morning before the Lord continually. It shall be a statue forever in your, somebody say your, your congregation or generation. He shall order the lamps upon the pure candlestick before the Lord continually. And thou shalt take fine flour and bake twelve cakes thereof. Two tenth deals shall be in one cake. And thou shalt Set them in two rows, six on a row, upon the pure table before the Lord. And thou shalt put pure frankincense upon each row, that it may be on the bread for a memorial, even an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually. Being taken from the children of Israel, that's the assembly, the church, by an everlasting covenant. And it shall be Aaron's and his sons, and they shall eat it in the holy place, for it is most holy unto him of the offerings of the Lord made by fire by a perpetual statute. Everything that I just read to you spells one thing. Instructions. Amen. It's not even giving out instructions. Amen. So if we can figure out what these instructions are, will it not make us better Amen. in the Lord? If we can see the spiritual implications of what he's doing here. Because he told Moses, he said, Moses, I, I want you to do everything I tell you according to the pattern that it is in heaven. In other words, don't deviate, not in the least. So he gives us instructions to go about. But we, as human beings, we are, we all know now, we are notorious as shortcuts. Now y'all know we are. We'll buy a new instrument and, and before we read the instructions, we're trying to figure it out. And in our way of figuring out, we'll probably tap something along the way and then holler to the person that sold it. Well, you know, he tore up on me. It, was, it, was, it wasn't doing right and he sold it to me. But really, we didn't take the time to read instructions. Because let's face it, the Americans, we hate yeah. following instructions. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we really do. You, you can say something and folks can just get all bent out of shape. You're called being used to follow instructions. Mm -hmm. See, that's what democracy will do to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Democracy makes you a fool. Look at America. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it again. Democracy will make you a fool. Because you get to the point where you think you got to vote on God's word. Amen. Hello. Ah. Hello. Hello. So, the Lord here, he's speaking to, to Moses. He said, now this title of this message, uh, I will lift as being the everlasting life. And truly, that's what we need, the everlasting life. So I'm going to teach you about some things through the Holy Ghost. And we see here where verse 1 is that Moses is being talked to by God. And he's been given instructions. Now, Moses means deliverer. Moses means lawgiver. And Moses means one that's grown out of water. 
Remember last week we talked about unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then we say unless a man is born by water and spirit, he can't enter in. And the water was the what kind of birth? The natural birth. You see, the word Moses means grown out of water. What it means is, is that Moses was drawn out of the natural realm of the Egyptian system yeah. and brought into the spiritual world of God. So Moses was, like Jesus said, in the world. He was in Egypt, but he was not of Egypt because he made the choice not to be a part of all those good things that he could have got. You see what he did? He, 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 he got all that knowledge, but he got that knowledge for a reason, not for himself, and not to, 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 to propel Egypt any further, but he was really, he was looking at God's people. So God made him that deliverer from way back. And God set the stage in his life for all these things to take place. And over the course of time, you know, God brings us into that place where we are supposed to be in him. I said over the course of time. So Moses here is given the instructions of God. And verse 2 says, the Lord says to Moses, command the children of Israel. He didn't say ask the church. He said, this is a commandment that I mandated on you to command them with. Here's another problem. We don't like being commanded to do things. We really don't like being told to do things. It goes right back to democracy. Everywhere democracy goes, it causes a problem for the people who are trying to live for God. Whether it's Islamic or God. See, see don't come over here and bother us. We wouldn't bother them. Now let's get it right. And now we don't got all brainwashed because of them lies that democracy tells. We don't got brainwashed thinking that we that, that, that we right and they wrong. But them folk was not bothering us. Them folk was over there living the same way that they always have lived, and we gonna stick our nose in their business. They got a right to be mad. They got a right to be mad. Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee the pure oil olive beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually. So much is in it. First of all, we got to understand that just because God commands us through his vessel that we ought not be angry about the situation. Because all God is trying to do to us is make us better. That's rule number one. Only people that get angry is the ones who don't want to do better. Because you see, when you're commanded to do something, you're pushed. Folks don't like being pushed. Folks don't like being pushed. You know what I'm saying? But we will pull our own self off a cliff. But we won't allow somebody else to help push us up the hill. We get a little tight on that. But here God saying, command the church, the children of Israel that they bring this pure oil, this pure anointing is what it's talking about. But this pure anointing has to be made of olive. You see it there? You know that word olive means oil press? Oil press. So in the oil press, how do you get oil out of olive? You beat it. That's why it says beaten right there. You see it there? Beaten. Acts 14.22 tells us to confirming the souls of the saints. Confirming. And exhorting them, in other words, pushing them to continue in the faith. Why? Because through much tribulation do we enter into the kingdom of God. See, in order to be anointed, you've got to be beat by life. You see, without a whooping, there is no anointing. You see, the, the oil press, I'm going to prove to you in the word. 
See, see, the book said drain not just any kind of oil, but he want to peel oil from the olive tree. You see, the olive tree is the oil press. You know, that's where it's beaten. The oil is beaten out of the oil. You know, see, the oil, the anointing comes to us through what we go through in life. No experience in life, no anointing. You got to be experienced. So there is no way that a child has the ability who doesn't have experience to lead people into where God wants them to go. Unless God has done that child like he did David. He reared him up to be able to handle the life. When you talk about kill the bad and the lion. You understand what I'm trying to say? That's right. Otherwise, a boy ain't got no business here. There is no anointing. 
what makes the all pure is that the olive, the suffering that you beat, the things in life will beat you. Can anybody but me testify to that? Amen. Amen. Will life not beat, a, beat you into submission? It will beat you back. That's why I don't worry about them when they don't, when, when they don't do right. Oh, yeah, just turn over the Lord. Y'all know what I'm telling you too. Just turn over to the Lord and let life handle it. And watch what life will do to a disobedient child. Watch what it'll do. Look what Jesus did. Jesus, he, the verse 39 says, Luke 22, verse 39. And he came out. See, you got to come out of that place of comfort. See what he did? He was there. He, they were right there eating supper. But he couldn't stay there. You understand what I'm saying? He had to come out. The Bible says, and he came out. And when you come out, you got to went. In other words, you got to go somewhere. You just can't come out and stand still. That's like, that's the same thing as cleaning up your house and not putting nothing back in. It ain't gonna, if you don't get to step and once you come out of that thing, if you don't get to going toward what it is that God wants you to do, what's going to happen is, is that you're going to wind up doing the same thing because that same mindset is going to come back to you and it's going to cause you to do the same thing, and you're going to be doing it worse than you were before. Because why? Because now you've got a greater amount of demons on you that's telling you what's to use. See, that's really what makes it worse. You're right, you're right. It's that demon that's talking to you that says, well, what's to you? I tried, what's to you? It's, it's the pity party. Right. It's the pity party that kills. Won't it? You know what it gives? That's why they make so much money on depression. Yeah, right. Yeah. When the best pill for depression is in the house of the Lord. Yeah, if you hear it yeah. and exercise the instruction, well, what do we do? We take a pill. Yeah. We try to get them glutamine, and they say, no, doctor said it. <laughs> but we know the glutamine works. <laughs> and yeah, Jesus. So we don't want the $7 bottle. What we want is that $100,000 operation, and he had us walking out crooked, crazy looking. The doctor said, this is what democracy will do to you. It'll ruin us. It'll ruin us. I don't get involved in that mess. That's a mess. All of it. Ain't nothing but a mess. And he came out. Got to come out of that place and come. And went. And as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, in other words, he went to the height of suffering. He was just in a comfort zone. Now he's really going into a place of suffering because he didn't get beat. He didn't, he, he didn't get beat. And not only that, from the beating, he was going to come to kill him. And his disciples also followed him. Well, that's a great thing when your disciples will follow you into that place of suffering. Amen. That's a great fact. But, here's the problem. And he, and when, verse 40 says, when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. The Bible said when he was at the place, see, you got to know where to go. Mm -hmm. And you got to know when to stop, when you get there, or you'll pass it. The place you're supposed to be in. Y'all get it. Yeah. Right. Bible says, and when he got, and when he was at the place, he, he knew he was going to that place of suffering. Before he can get to the next place with a, and get pure anointing, he had to go through the Mount of Olives, that place of suffering. Because he was going to take an extreme amount of anointing to get him to submit himself to that cross. Amen. So the Bible goes on and says here in verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them. Sometimes you got to get back off of About a stone's cast. And he kneeled down and he prayed. He said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup 
from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. See, he fumbled the ball, but he picked it back up. Right there. In other words, he didn't want no part of that. You ever had to do something in life that you didn't want no part of? Yeah. But you had to do it because you really didn't have no choice. Yeah. You see, the theology, they tell you that Jesus did this willingly. But that was a commandment of the Father. Mm -hmm. The right. Father made him do that. That's right. He didn't willingly tiptoe through the tulips and say, oh, I'm going to the cross to be crucified. <laughs> you got me out your mouth. The Bible says right here in verse 42, Father, if you're willing, you need to take this off me because this thing needs to be heavy on me. Now watch this word here. If you think that, 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 that he wasn't commanded to do this, because he was, because the Bible said when he was looking out over Jerusalem, he knew what he was about to have to go through. And he said, let's go, because I got to go and do what my father has commanded me to do. You see, that was a command. That was, God didn't ask Jesus. Amen. He told him. That's right. Come on. That was the will of the Father. That's right. Jesus' will was, if you if it's your will, take this thing off me. But he said, nevertheless, not my will. Because my will is that I don't want to go through this part of this suffering. I don't want to go through this home. I don't want to go through this not having a job. I don't want to go through this sickness. I don't want to go through this. Right. But God said, I want you to go through it. God, I need a pure anointing out of you. And in order to get this pure anointing out of you, I'm going to have to beat you. You hear me? I don't want death in my family. But God said, I'm going to send you to it because I got a greater thing for you. I got death too. So don't you worry about none of it. I got it all. You know, I just want you to understand what I'm trying to do for you. Right. I got something that I need for you to do. Verse 43 said, And there appeared an angel unto him, thank God, angel, unto him from heaven to strengthen him. Amen. Now watch this. Talk about this audience in suffering. And being in an agony. Hmm. Sound like suffering to me. He prayed more earnestly. See, that's another thing we got to learn how to do is pray more earnestly. And I'll tell you right now, pain will make you pray. Somebody say amen. amen. Pain will make you pray. And his sweat, watch this, was as if it were great drops of blood falling out on the ground. That man was in so much agony that it looked like blood was sweating out of him. Because it had to be another level of the anointing for what he was about to go into. Video, audio, it's another level of anointing. That's right. Mm -hmm. So don't be tripping on me when I kick you in the butt. Because it ain't my will, it's the Father's will Amen. that you do this. So, gird up your loins and let's get busy. Amen. Okay? Amen. It's the same thing. See, it's going to take a pure anointing to reach the level where we're going. Alright? I'm just trying to get some understanding on this thing. See, the same effort over time that the praise team, and y'all know how hard we work. Amen. But over time, it gets to another level and to another level and to the same thing. That's right. Same thing. You got to take this thing all the way. So, we see here that Jesus was in some serious anger. Look at Matthew 26. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Well, we ain't finished yet with this. Watch this in verse 37. Are we there? Amen. Okay, we'll go 36. Then come Jesus with them, verse 36, unto a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane is the Mount of Olives, okay? Same thing. The place of suffering, all right? Everybody understand? If you want the anointing, there's going to be some suffering involved, okay? And quite frankly, 
If you eat it, don't walk in. The suffering won't come anyway, so you might as well get something out of it. Amen. 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 Huh? Right. You might as well get paid, huh? Right. You might as well. You might as well get paid since you're going to suffer anyway. I hate to suffer and be broke. I got to get the, the, the huh? <laughs> That's, that's disrespectful. 
And I scrape that every time I eat. That's disrespectful to our holy father. Call him holy daddy. You have that little name. Call it sound cute. You think it's the new thing. And you're going to do what everybody else does. Old fool, you relation. You know how to do it. You know how to do it. Look here. Go back over here to Leviticus, the 24th chapter. I'm back at verse 2. Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee the pure oil of olive beaten. Okay, we all know that that's the pure anointing, right? What is it for? The what? Life. It's for the life. It's for the joy, the inspiration, and the enlightenment. That's the life. That's what this pure anointing is for. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the strength. We have to be inspired. By the anointing. That's how we're inspired by God. We have to be enlightened by God. That's why, that's how, and we have to be anointed in order to be enlightened by God. Or this thing won't make no sense to us. So it's made for the light. And Matthew 5.14 tells us that we are the light of the what? Mm. We are the light. Of the world. So this anointing is the olive oil, the pure olive oil, that causes our light to shine. Now, how does this take place? Through the whooping. That's how we get the oil. That's why every once in a while God has to whoop us again because we need some oil for the lamp. Oh, you ain't hearing it? Amen. going to get whooped one time. No. We gotta have another crop of oil. And the only way we can get another crop of oil, it has no olive trees and it has no whoopings. Right. Or canyon, as they call it. Over in Japan. Where they beat you with a cane. Beat the juice out of you. Beat the anointing out of you. Right. See, that's what we need to do over here. Cane some folks. You know? Yeah, I bet you we'd have a better society. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> See, no matter what. They look at me sideways. They look at me all sideways. Put that cane on them. See, they think I'm crazy. But see, that's because folks don't want to do right. That's right. See, we want to keep on going down that old same, crazy, insane path. Think if things going to change, things ain't going to change. It's going to get worse. Because, see, we're going to take out every element that real change produces. We're going to take out every one of them elements and we're going to keep in the insanity. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Now that's what it's going to do. He said that we are the light of the world. Now, this light is to cause the lamps to burn continually. The lamp is our soul. So we have to have this anointing poured into our soul so that our light can show itself in verse 3 as being without the veil of the testimony. In other words, that word without there being outside. You see, we need to let our light shine before men so that they will see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Now that's word. You see, we need to let our light shine among one another while we end it together so that we can draw confidence, joy, inspiration, and enlightenment from one another. You see what I'm saying? Amen. See, this way, our souls are supposed to be beaming up with the joy of the Lord and the inspiration of the Lord. And we're getting there. We're getting there. Why? Because we're learning how to fight. We're learning how to not take no for an answer. We're learning how to say, I'm going in spite of me. And I'm going in spite of you too. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? If you don't want to go, I'm going anyway. You see, that's what you got. You got to get to that point where you tell folks that. You got to do that. And, I, and this is what's going to happen. As God begins to reach for you and put you where you're supposed to be, you'll see that light becoming more and more visible. Now you better hear what I'm saying. Because I know what I'm talking about. You will find their life becoming, let me tell you, sin is good for a season. Then pay that. That's right. Right. Then pay that. You understand what I'm saying? Then pay that. You can't do sin 
and not pay up. That's right. Cause the devil gonna come collect it. Right. It's time to pay up. It's time to pay up. So this life is supposed to be verse three outside the veil of the testimony. Mm -hmm. Cause somebody got to see it, right? right? In the tabernacle of the congregation. Shall Aaron, Aaron is the priest. Aren't we kings and priests? Amen. So now it's you who's talking about. You, you priest. And the word Aaron there means brightness. See, Revelation 1.6 says that we've been made kings and priests mm -hmm. by God, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're the Aaron's, okay? Amen. It's us. Amen. And that word Aaron in Hebrew means brightness. Now, what does the light do? It shines, right? And the more pure the oil is, the brighter the light. Got it? Yeah. Okay. And it's supposed to show outside. It said, shall Aaron order it from the evening, which is your best day, until the morning, which is your breakthrough, before the Lord continues. It should be a statue forever in your generation. So it's still good today. You see, when God created the earth, all them days, he said, and the evening and the morning. With the first and second and third. He didn't say the morning and the evening because God don't see us from our morning disposition. God sees us from our evening state, our best day. Mm -hmm. And that's what kingdom does. Kingdom pushes you from your morning state into where you can see your evening state. In other words, it gives you vision. And when you have vision, then you can excel to another breakthrough. But if you don't have no vision, there won't be no breakthroughs. You'll flatline. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of people in church, they don't go no further. Because they don't flatline. They stop listening. They, you know, what do people never do? They want to sleep. Mm -hmm. Now, Peter means hearing, right? Mm -hmm. So the hearing goes to sleep. Grace stopped working. Uh, John was there with him. He was asleep too. And the will of God stopped working in your life. James was there. He was asleep too. So everything shut down. Now you ain't got nothing going for you. Right. You, you. You know? So you don't have no passion, no expression, no joy to do nothing. Especially come to the door to get instruction. Right. Everything just dies out. It just dies out. But I guarantee you, the more that you come to God, the more God and the closer God will get to you. And when God comes to you, the closer He gets, the closer you get to everything He got. Because when God comes to you, He comes to everything you got. You're not going to stand over here anyway, with you. Mm -hmm. When God come to you, he come with everything he got. God don't leave that, something back there and come to you. No. When God come, he come as he. Look here. Hello. I am that I am. Amen. And when he say I am that I am, that means I'm everything. Mm -hmm. I'm everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. And everything means more than you will ever need. Ever you will ever be able to think about it. It's just incredible Amen. the kind of God that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So the word God goes on here and he tells us in verse 4, I'm still in Leviticus, dealing with the everlasting life, verse chapter 24, Leviticus, verse 4. He, talking about the priest, Aaron, he shall yeah. order the lambs and souls upon the pure candlestick before the Lord continued. I must hear. You see, we have to understand that the Lord wants us to carry these souls that we got, these lamps. He wants us to carry it on a pure candlestick. In other words, you can't walk in darkness and have a pure light. You can't do it. You, you can't walk in darkness and carry a pure light. You can't do it. It won't work. So if you notice here, he keeps talking about how the lamps have to be pure, the oil have to be pure. He keeps talking about the pure. Romans 12, verse 1 through 4. Talking about walking right. Romans 12, 1 through 4. Let me get that same Romans 12, 1 through 4. He said, I beseech you, brethren, but now we're talking about 
the candlestick that he killed. I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God. Because we're the candlestick that's carrying this, this light, which is our soul. That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will God. For I say, through the grace given unto me. See, he ain't just ain't saying this on his own. He's saying, I'm saying this through the grace, verse 3, that is given unto me. To every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think. Did you hear that? Amen. Know your limitations. Because when a man knows his limitations, he knows when to get somebody else involved. Amen. You're always good to people that are around. Amen. Did you? You can't do it all by yourself. You gotta get connected. Right. You can't do this thing by yourself. You can't do life by yourself. I'm sorry. You can try. Oh, yeah. It will. You take your staff off. Many men have tried. Don't work. No. Not think more highly than they ought to think, but to think solely. According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, no limitation. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we all have a part. Amen. I say we all have a part in this thing. Amen. Everybody. Everybody's important in the kingdom, people. Amen. But you won't know that until you get in the kingdom. And then you'll say, oh, I'm important. Yeah. That's what we've been trying to tell you the whole time. How important you are. You say, well, I don't feel that I'm important. It don't make no difference how you feel. God said it. That's it. God said you are important. God said from the head, not the tail. Now, who report you going to believe? Yeah. You don't believe what God said. You don't believe what you tell yourself. And see, once you get into that kingdom and you just see really what that thing is all about and what part you play in, then see, see now, you got it known now, see. See, because God got you and you got God. Now don't nobody have to push you to do what you need to do. Nobody have to tell you, come on, let's get up and go to church. No, you get up and go to church because you know that what you need to do. Yeah. You can't hang around folk that love the Lord too long without beginning to love the Lord. Too. Yeah. You just can't do it. Because it's a different anatomy. I've seen plenty of folks who start at the real but come to the front. I ain't lying. I, I, I have not. I've seen many people start, well, he might come one Sunday. You might not see him no more two months, three months, five months, six months. Then you see him and he's trying to get a little better. He's just like a baby walking. How about I said, don't tell another before it's time. It's rough. You know, being a human being and being the fact that we want results, you know, it's hard. It's difficult sometimes for those of us that, 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 that are, are result seekers. We want results. But the fact of the matter is, it takes time. And oftentimes, I myself have to be reminded that it takes time. Mm -hmm. You know, it does. It, it really does. So the Lord is telling us in verse five here in Leviticus twenty-four, verse five. It said, "And thou shalt take fine flour, not just any flour, but fine flour. That means the best flour. Look here. Go to that Hebrew six one three. Just the difference between regular flour and fine flour. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3. Say we get that. Look at it. Here's regular flour. He said, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ. That's that elementary stuff. Let us go on into perfection. See, I need some folks here this moment to hear this. It was designed, the scripture was designed for them to see, old devil got a way of keeping folks from hearing what they need to hear. Mm -hmm. 
know that people will try to keep you in bondage when it comes to the knowledge of God? Yeah. Do you not know that religion won't allow you, it'll tell you that, no, that ain't what you need to be learning. And God is saying, well, this, this is what you, because this is the revelations of God. I mean, and this is the word of God being backed up. That we are therefore leaving the principles, which are the elementary teachings of Christ. Let us go on into what? Perfection, maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, the doctrines of baptism and having and, and of laying on of hands and resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. He said, did that with your free teaching and verse 3 said, and this we will do if God permit. But he tells us to leave that. But we've been preaching that for 2,000 years. I'm bored with it. That's why I don't teach y'all that. I teach you revelations here to, to, to keep you progressing toward God. Because I found in the Bible where it says, move on from that. You know that. I ain't got to keep going back over that over and over and over and over and over like a Baptist minister. I don't have to do that. Because the Lord has told me that I need to move on from that. Say, baby, you need milk. Mature people need your skill word. They need the skill word. And if, if you the baby last year, that'll be some growth. Yeah. If it ain't no growth, you still drinking milk. Something wrong with you. You still hot about some milk. And you've been in church 10 years. And you hot milk. I want milk. You're in the wrong place. We don't serve milk up in here. <laughs> We don't, we, don't, we don't do that. We, we move from that. We, we're maturing in this thing, people. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. see, see, we're becoming skilled at war. We, we, we have to. We have to. So back over here in Leviticus, it goes on down and it breaks down. And I still got some more stuff to break down. I ain't going to be that long with you. But I need to break this on down. I'm trying to do it as quick as possible. Verse 5. Leviticus. 24 verse 5. And thou shalt take fine flour. You know what the fine flour is? Because flour makes the bread. You know the bread is the word, right? Yeah. And bake 12 cakes thereof. Cakes. 12. 12 is the divine purpose of God in man. That's the number 12, okay? So what God is talking about here is that it's his divine purpose in man that we receive the fine flour. The greater Revelations of the word. Break down. And it says, two-tenth deals shall be in one cake. In other words, that word two-tenths of deals means a covenant of unity in the things that we are doing. So the two-tenths of deals represents the fact that whatever it is that we're doing, we need to be in covenant unity when we do it. That's simply what it means. Everybody can understand that. How can two Amen. walk together unless they agree? Right, right. I mean, it's just no way. So that's all it's saying here. No need to make no big issue out of it. That's all it's saying. Romans 12, 16, you don't have to go there, but it says that they'll always be of the same mind. Anything you come up in here with a different mind than what we got, you don't want, you don't want to connect with that. You, you, you got to tell them, oh no. That is what we do here. Because you can't take up backwards. We try to go far. And when they see that they can't move you backwards, then they'll move on. They'll move on. And trust me, it ain't no fun over the preacher. When the preacher knows that he got division and dissension among the congregation. It ain't no fun anymore. Because they don't allow you to teach freely like we're teaching now because you're dealing with issues that you, you shouldn't have to be dealing with. Well, all we got to do now is just teach the word that people receive. Amen. 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 That's all we got to do. We ain't got to do no antics. Amen. We just need to teach the word. God will do what he said he's going to do. If we get this word in you. <coughs> Amen. 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 So verse 6, he says that uh, 
and thou shalt set them in two rows. That's 12 cakes. That's the divine purpose of God, right? It's set in two rows. It's six in a row, right? Two is the covenant of God. It's two rows, right? Six is the number of man, right? It's six stacks. Six, six stacks of cakes in each stack. Because it's two stacks. Two times six is what? It's, didn't it say 12 cakes? So, it's God's divine purpose that we be in covenant with one another. That's where the two come in from, the two, two roles. Because we need to be in covenant agreement with each other. We still talk about covenant. It's all about the covenant. He goes on and he says, and we have to put this upon the pure table before the Lord, verse 6. In other words, he talks to you. Talk, in other words, whatever we put before the Lord, it needs to be put forth in purity. If we're going to put it on the Lord's table, we need to be pure with it. Y'all agree with that? Amen. And, and, and verse 7 says, And thou shalt put pure frankincense upon each row. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1 talks about how God said, we ought to, Paul said, We ought to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, uh, perfecting ourselves in the holiness of God in the fear of the Lord. Okay? So, what God is saying to us here with this frankincense that's supposed to be sprinkled because those cakes are what's known in the Old Testament as showbread. In other words, God wants us to show daily because they change this every day, this bread. He wants us to show daily what we're doing for him. And he wants it to be put on a pure table before him. Y'all got what I'm talking about here? See, it ain't hard to understand the revelation if people just break it down. It ain't above you. You can understand if it broke down. You can understand it now. You got to tell us, no, they can't understand. Yeah, you can. You can understand. Don't come in here trying to discount our people. We know what we got up in here. You can understand. There is a lot. Our people smart. And they think that was a mix. Now, it says that, that the pure frankincense represents the purity of the flesh. Didn't it say that we to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh? Mm -hmm. Didn't it say that? Amen. Well, see, frankincense is one of the, the things that, that one of the, the, the gifts that the wild men brought Jesus. Wild men brought Jesus three gifts. Gold, which is purity of the spirit. Myrrh, which is purity of the soul. And frankincense, which is purity of the flesh. Jesus was pure in the spirit, the soul, and the flesh. Okay? God said, on whatever it is that you do, and you put before that table to give me, I need you to make sure that your flesh is pure from it. Amen. That's what he's talking about. That's why he says, sprinkle the frankincense on it. Okay? Just break it down to give you an understanding of what's going on. That's all. And he said, and it, that it may be, on verse 7, a bread for a memorial. Even an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Now, this last heavy thing I'm going to throw at you right here. I want you to pay attention to the fact that this offering made by fire unto the Lord, okay? Mm -hmm. He says he wants this thing to be, this offering that we give, it's got to be made by fire. Now, I want you to go to the book of Mark 9, verse 49. Mark 9, 49. We'll be out here in five minutes. Over there? Amen. Okay. Now, remember what he said. He said, I want you, in this offering, I want you to give it up to me by fire. Ain't that what he said, basically, in the video? Amen. Okay. Now, look at the word over here in Mark 9, verse 49. Over there? Amen. Watch what he said. For every who? We talk to all of us on an individual basis, ain't it? Mm -hmm. Everybody see that? Amen. For every one, Mark, the ninth chapter, verse 49. I really need you to see this. For every one shall be salted. That word salted there means to be seasoned with fire. Fire is the cleansing fire that comes from the Holy Ghost. So this is what God does. 
God takes his Holy Ghost Spirit. It's designed for us. All right, you tongue goblins. It's designed for us to be cleansed by. Okay? You ain't got nothing wrong with talking in tongues. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But if you ain't got an interpreter, go home and do it. That's the word. Amen. Ain't that the word? Amen. That's God's word now. And I'm tired of arguing these preachers about that. You know what I'm saying, Pastor? They, 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 they just something else. I'm on that pastor's network on LinkedIn. Well, that's the truth. Don't get on there. <laughs> Stay away. God Almighty. It is. It's absolutely insane. All these views. No wonder the church grew up. Man, they messed up, man. And they lead them. Preach them. Understand 
what he's saying. Otherwise, you will be going home baking some cakes, thinking that you right. How about some unleavened bread? You don't unleavened bread. Amen. You don't want to get steam steamrolled. You got too much yeast in you. That's the word. Yes. You pray about the TV.